Hey, Coop. Yeah, Dylan? Dude, you remember Macross? So these these episodes were uh what's my name again, Dylan? I don't think they were forgettable. No, no. Or are no. you going for a different bit? No, I was going for that different bit where I'm like, this was a lot. <laughs> yeah, there a lot happened here. Um a lot of good, honestly. Like I Frontier's very weird, honestly. Um, where it's like on the whole, I like it, you know? But, like, sometimes there are episodes, or there's, like, clusters of episodes that engage me more than others. I've I've really been, like, seeing this show as very much peaks and valleys, like, and there's a yeah. lot of them. <laughs> I, I think there are more uh, peaks than valleys. I think I'd it's agree just with that. that like, yeah, it's just that, like, when the valleys hit, you're like, oh, man, come on. Yep. But... Um... How are you, my dude? But I'm doing pretty well. I'm a little tired uh, post-work. Uh, this is being recorded on a Friday night for our listeners. Yes. Um, but, you know, I'm ready to record. And, God, what? I feel like I super overbooked myself this weekend. Not, like, in a bad way, necessarily. Just in a, like, oh, yeah, I said I'd be here for this. And I said I'd be here for that. And I'm going into work for like a half shift tomorrow because i hate myself yeah. um and i also have a haircut appointment uh i feel know. this uh tomorrow is work hell followed by a week of i get two days off in a row after that which is nice but mm-hmm. uh, the brain melty but i got a lot done today so that's good yeah that's good i remembered yeah. to do my taxes if you're american you hey, can do nice. that like yeah yesterday it's it's bullshit, but we gotta. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's, you know, that's how you know we're adults. Yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day? Let me just do my taxes real quick. I totally forgot it was St. Patrick's Day until I, I saw You know what? I did, green, too. Um, so. I My excuse is that my eyes are green, so, like, whatever. There you, you go. <laughs> you can't pinch me. You know, it was like if somebody came up to me being like, "Why are you not green on St. Patty's? Uh, wearing green on St. Patty's Day?" I would have been like, "Do you think I dress up like a stagehand when I come in here every day for fun?" Huh? huh? <laughs> See, I would, I would do that. I think it's the Madagascar like meme where it's like, "Why are you white?" <laughs> no, no, the uh, it's it's Mean Girls, but I think someone used the giraffe from Madagascar as like a as an alternate. <laughs> version of it <laughs> oh and despite the fact that we're pooped and this isn't our regular record kind dylan we, we you know what episode of this podcast this is um i'm gonna say something wild like well, i was gonna say 100 for shits and giggles but that can't be right um 50 are we on yes 50? yes holy shit 50. okay 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a lot of macros. That's that's at least uh, over a hundred hours of us uh, of recorded knowledge of us saying dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was I was listening to uh, Wooly and Reggie of uh, Wooly Versus, um, and they were talking about how like they have enough uh, footage. Maybe it was Castle Super Beast, but mm. they were talking about how they there's enough recorded. Um, footage of them talking that, like, an AI algorithm could conceivably, like, deepfake their voices. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, good thing I don't really feel like I have to worry about that. But now the more I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it, it's like, if I ever, like, go viral for anything and people find out who I am, yep. there's, like, God, <laughs> an incriminating amount of my voice yeah. online now. You got you got way more podcasting than even me, so the the Dylan AI voice is gonna be first. Gross. <laughs> Dylan Apple. <laughs> Dylan Apple. <laughs> and then you're gonna find the day where Steve uh, Bloom is chanting to you about his cult that he worships you. <laughs> I would, I would cry. Uh, I feel like if Steve Bloom told me he worshipped me in any context, I would cry. I'd be like, this isn't right. What's uh, going on here? There's something up with this. <laughs> there's a glitch in the Matrix. I don't, I don't buy it. And, and then Yoko Kano music just starts playing for no, no discernible music reason you're like i gotta get out of here brian cranston's there inexplicably yep (laughs) (laughs) or is it david hater i don't know i don't know (laughs) Mm. maybe he's gotta tell you about metal gear we we, i don't know these days um but yeah that the tired and oh boy yep i'm feeling it so yeah tired oh yeah let's let's get through these summaries yeah let's get through this but anyways uh for all you have been here with us for 50 episodes thank you for listening Uh, maybe maybe we'll have some more stuff because we're also coming up on another milestone soon maybe we'll see who can say who can say who knows Ooh, mysterious i wonder what it could be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's just get right into this super dimensional mamma jamma episode 16 of macross frontier so we open pretty much uh kind of where we left off so we open into a fight where alto's going really ham before we go back to um when he was meeting with burler for the first time and burler asks him so what's your dream and alto really doesn't have an answer so he states that his dream is to bring the galaxy together to break through all the faults that kind of make things difficult um which there's more reasons to that we'll see but yeah one vast world like a galaxy of trains which shows that yes his train set is also a holodeck so how about that but i i couldn't hmm. i also thought of galaxy express triple nine as well oh my god when i saw i didn't even think about that it's like lazy matsumoto just comes up to kawamori's house so where's my check where's my check <laughs> You gotta pay what you owe. Give me money. You put trains in space. Give me money. (laughs) Don't you know I have an exclusive right to that? (laughs) Uh, Only other thing I can think of that has trains in space is there's one musical moment in um, School Rumble. But I I think that hardly counts. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like a fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. So, we know that Burler is really into school rumble and trains, and didn't probably didn't pay <laughs> Matsumoto for his uh, train use. But Alto doesn't really have the greatest reaction to it. He's like, "Oh, so you're having a oh, that's a silly deculture reaction." Um, but the blur goes on saying, "You know, with all this Vajra stuff that's happening recently, you know, this this might actually be a reality." So we go back to the fight that started off this episode, and Alto and a guy from SMS a grunt are uh, bringing <laughs> Vajra corpses back to the quarter for some reason. And uh, the girls on the bridge are wondering why this is, too, while Kathy just sits there being like, uh, I don't know about this. And uh, uh, on their way to school a little later on, uh, Michael mentions that Alto is like, hey, you seem a little more on edge than usual. And Alto just brushes off saying, it's, it's my job. Don't worry about it. Um, and Mike is like, eh, maybe it's something to do with your new rank or something like that. Mm. And speaking of ranks, Ranka shows up for school <laughs> for once. Um, and she's uh, accompanied this time. She's not alone, even though she has a nice limo. She hasn't been there in a while. Uh, by um, uh, noted pilot, uh, commander of the Ayug, Quattro Barrera. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to ask real quick because I I feel like I missed something, but um, Brera's citizenship isn't questioned at all, or was? Hmm. Yeah, he's just uh, people just are like, oh, he's just that galaxy guy, and that's it. Like they have, yeah. Done okay, so everyone just assumes he's from the galaxy because. Yeah. Uh, but like Renka and Alto know, right? Or am I just misremembering? Like. I everything think, established with them so far i think they know and i th- because he also made a big deal about it when he first like when he took credit for rescuing ranka so i think most people know he's from the galaxy okay um and people know this so well that he's causing a disturbance in class um and the teacher's like, hey, you need to go. And he's not budging. And then Alto tries to get up to him and, lay, and try to, you know, hey, get physical with him. But Alto just lays him out. Um, yeah. And everybody thinks uh, Brera is so cool, but Alto oh, just... Oh, yeah. Brera lays him out, not Alto. Mm-hmm. Brera just puts him down like a pancake. Uh, <laughs> so Alto, not, not happy about that. So we go to the steps of the school, and Michael mentions that uh, mentions that you know the rank, the new rank of lieutenant something or other Alto got, and maybe that's him pushing himself. And also speaking of pushing, he just pushed himself against a cyborg, so maybe that wasn't the best idea to try to get him to leave the room. And also, Alto, you're so crabby, and he's uh, he's pretty sensitive around the subject. In addition to the meeting he had with Burler. And Nana's like, oh, I'm concerned too. But Luca's like, oh, he's just having a, a blue day, a bad day. So in their car, their limo going around and about, Renka asks Grace, you know, you, you really don't need to have Brer around. Like, this is a little much. And Grace is like, well, you need to become the galaxy's hope like our client wants you to, you know? We want you to be the galaxy's hope, literally and physically. <laughs> oh boy! And 
she's like, well, I want to work with Elmo, though. But Grace is like, well, the government. Yeah. And when Ranka brings up Cheryl, Grace isn't concerned about her at all. Um, as she passes Ranka a CD that he, she has her phone eat. <laughs> and uh, it's supposed to be her second signal. But it's actually a modified version of IMO, kind of harder, and the chain lyrics are changed. Um, yeah. And Grace makes it pretty clear that she wants to commodify Renka's only only memory she has at home. So you know that's boy. Can you can you taste the scum, Dylan? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? I dude? don't know. It's it's mm, moss. I love the taste. Yo, uh, I'm just. All I'm thinking of is uh, how Neki Vassara would react to like any of the situation that Ronka's being put through right now. Yeah, he would. He would. Fuck he would be up. pissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, he probably would have never agreed to the whole government thing. No. Like that's just very much not his mo. No. I've been thinking about Vassara a lot, and we'll see why in the next episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. But so. Um... Renka is actually in the car with Grace because she's going on a tour to visit the damaged islands from the attack. And uh, Cheryl's in her, her in her room watching it on TV. Um, pretty surprised to see Grace standing right next to Renka. In addition, she's kind of wondering if, like, the care that people are showing to her through flowers or lies you know yeah she's she's not a good place um no she very much is not nope um yeah and elmo himself not a great place not as bad as cheryl but he's drinking pretty hard at the mall and the anka singer is like hey you should let me let me take that bottle from you dude you're like chill chill um and ronka over time is continuing to tell grace like uh, i don't know about this and grace is like listen to me sing that new version of imo thank you and we get to the studio and ranker really isn't feeling it um especially when we learn that the song has been pretty much been retooled as war propaganda like in the lyrics yeah like, like, <laughs> it's like pretty overt yeah like min may songs like went towards the war effort but they were never like like they were never explicitly yeah they weren't like unleash the dogs of hell yeah. I emo yep. kill mm-hmm. the opposition yep. you know <laughs> like when she says frontier becomes a lyric and i'm like she might as well just be saying america fuck yeah <laughs> yeah um yep and I'm, I'm glad like we don't need to be told that this is kind of weird and uncomfortable because mm-hmm. yeah like <laughs> It is. Yes, it's uh, coming to save you on a motherfucking day. Yeah, frontier. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Vajra, your game is through. Because now you have to answer to Frontier. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, now I want to. Oh, I'm just imagining if Megumi Nakajima did that and I would laugh so hard. But anyway. Um. <laughs> So, <laughs> afterwards, uh, just outside the studio, uh, Brera brings her a coffee, and he's like, you're kind of holding back before revealing he's a huge simp. Um, and he's like, 
Well, when I listen to your songs, I can feel the universe. It's like it's very warm and welcoming. Welcoming is it like the galaxy itself has been given form, and he starts to kind of fall apart because he doesn't have a better way to put it. And she's like, "Oh, you're harmonica guy. So why are you able to? Uh, why do you know that song?" And he's like, "Top secret. Can't say a thing. Um, it's not like I'm actually your brother or anything." <laughs> <laughs> It's on a need-to-know basis. Mm-hmm. I guess she doesn't need to know. Um, so the carbuncle, who she has named Icoon, is hiding in her bag. And she asks him for a little bit of uh, motivation. And he gives like a, yoo-hoo! Okay, he's not Mario, but she thinks that she can do it. So we're good. And uh, Alto's on his way to the observation deck. And he's thinking about Mike's question, specifically... Uh, the whole Burler situation is like, uh, Mike is pretty sh- sharp, particularly that Burler's ring has a red stone on it, a very prominent red stone. And he then mutters something about something called Ford- Fold Quartz before he finds Cheryl collapsed on a park bench. And she's like, I didn't come to see you. Um, and when he tries to help her, she begs him to not uh, have her taken to a hospital or to to a hotel and so she ends up waking in his bunk back on the quarter and starts kind of punching him and being like hey what did you do to me and he's like calm down let me explain Uh, i was super worried about you so i brought you here i was listening to what you were saying and she's like why are you worrying about me and he says you know it's kind of natural for me to you He's passed like, out in the street? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know if that needs elaboration. No, not really. But she's like, ooh, so it was natural to you. Hmm, how about that? And there's some blushing going on. Oh, oh my God, Cheryl, please make up your mind. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Alto then gets really close in, up into her, like right up in her grill. And uh, she uh, also notices the stone in uh, Cheryl's earring. It's like the same one Burler had. And, oh, they're so close. Uh, and Mike walks in, and he's like, did you, did, did you forget the sock rule? Just put a sock in the door if you Come bring on, girls bro, back. not cool. We talked about this. <laughs> Love those inopportune moments. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So he ends up walking away because he's like, because uh, th- they start getting into it and uh, yelling at each other about being interested. But Kathy calls and he comes back in the room, and Alto like has her head right against the wall in the bunk as they're uh, on, on the one hand. I want to be like, come on, Alto, don't do that. On the other hand, I'm like, well, Cheryl would <laughs> like, yeah, Cheryl's not above outing them, as we'll see in the future. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> boy. So Kathy says they're about to do a secret experimental mission to see if uh, Ranka's singing can be used. And Cheryl's surprised to hear this. Um, and Ozma goes to the president's office because he wants answers from Leon. Um, and he gets the theory, but it's like, right, what? And um, he can't do anything despite being frustrated then it's like well she agreed to do it <laughs> with this stupid smug face <laughs> being like well she agreed to do it um so yeah so they all head out to the mission zone 
and Mike goes over the purpose of the test, being like, okay, so we're going to see if the song, her song, uh, Ronka's song, has any effect on the Vajra. Apparently, the higher-ups believe in the whole Minmay attack theory, and Clan's like, well, you know, this would make sense. We, we have a was... precedence for this. Mm-hmm. We, we have sound force. Like... Yep, this is true. This is true. Which, actually, Clan elaborates on, being like, you know, this makes sense if this was, like, Centradi back in the day, or we were dealing with Proto-Devlin, but I don't know about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, the little boy in the locker, uh, Luca, he's more confident in it. He's like, if it makes our fights easier or whatever. And uh, Alto only has a very blank stare towards everything. And uh, on Canaria's monster, Ranga's hanging out there. And Ozma's checking in with her. It's like, hey, is this what you really want? She's like, yep. I need to do this. And also I noticed there's a big classic 1940s-style Ranka decal on the side. Thanks, of... I hate it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's not a great look. I don't think it is. Hey, you know, you know what was... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say great, but you know what was uh, the thing with the uh, <laughs> the other decals like the world war ii bomber decals oh what? those women were grown <laughs> this is true because i this is true and also and also the, the uh they had cheryl ones earlier too so what uh, i just also problematic yeah not gonna lie <laughs> yeah yeah bark bark woof woof um like I, it's fine i guess they're not real whatever moving on but yep. also like uh... yeah so, speaking of Cheryl, um, she pops out of uh, Alto's room being like, I'm not listening to them. And Ozma and Co. learn that Brera is going to be joining them in the fight. Um, Bobby and Kathy aren't sure about working with him. But Cheryl then appears on the quarter's bridge. And they're like, how would you get out here? It's like, I gave the security guard a kiss. That's how I showed up here. And uh, Which is a great little moment. <laughs> Um, and she tells the captain, you know, I know what's going on here. Let me stay here. And he's like, why? And it's, he's like, it's a matter of pride. And so the cap takes a moment. Okay. Get her a seat. And Kathy's like, really? Just get her a seat. (laughs) Um, and we go to the bridge of the frontier and the president's like, you know, how are we doing this? Do you, do you not have like a speaker pod or a sound booster or something like that? And Leon's like, well, her singing has fold energy. It's kind of weak, but it will work. Um, and also, I don't actually know how it works, but as long as it works, I don't care how it works. Yeah. And Grace is there, too. So, huh. So, they're heading towards God, a God, that sure is weird. Mm-hmm. Grace sure is weird. Huh. I wonder if, I wonder if Grace... <laughs> What's the deal with Grace? I, I, uh, sh- I, she's not here... Oh, oh! This is truly the Elden Ring of Macross because there's a lot of grace in these. Oh my episodes. god! <laughs> I uh, don't want to touch Grace. Uh, no, no, not here. Not this Grace. Um, so, but you better make sure to touch a Grace before we head into the nest, a Vajra nest. There's, there's some Grace you can touch where it's safe, and then there's other grace that feels very dangerous (laughs) very dangerous because there's a boss just right above right next door (laughs) so uh we find that this boss is uh (laughs) part of 
uh, the mission called uh, mission called the Ronka attack because you know <laughs> what a subtlety and uh, Ranka and Cheryl are watching the fight firsthand and the SMS guys are really frustrated where it was like it's not an experiment if we fight so you you guys do your thing I, I don't care and Grace is like okay Ranka start and is monitoring all her stats and all that. And Alto is kind of shocked that her song's being used like this here. And the Vajra end up stopping. But everybody is, like, super surprised that it actually works. And Grace starts chuckling. Oh, boy. Um, and its effectiveness has been confirmed. So Brera joins on in. And the rest of the SMS crew is right behind him. And, however... As the fighting heats up, it reminds Aranka of what happened to her home fleet. And the song's effect is null and void now. And so, realizing this and things start back up, Alto goes to help her, but Brera clips his wing in the process of sniping one of the Vajra. Before Brera then reiterates, you know, you're unworthy. You are maidenless. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> maidenless. I will, I am maiden. I have maidens, and I will protect Maiden fall. <laughs> Alto is not uh, like Shinji. He's not worthy of Kwaru's grace. Um, yes. So he's going to do the protecting. And Leon and Grace are very pleased with the president's reaction. Because, you know. Uh. So, as things wind down, Bobby praises Ranka for her work. And, so, and one of the other bridge girls is like, oh, you're like a Minmei. And he's like, oh, that's that's kind of old. Don't you mean like Basara? And she pops in and's like, well, that's also old too. <laughs> but Bobby's a real one for repping <laughs> Basara. This is true. This is true. Um, like, I, I, I know that Basara is not going to get mentioned as much as Minmay because the original Macross is a more iconic show than mm-hmm. Macross 7. But like, I, I like that they have a couple of these old heads who are... <laughs> never stopped repping fire bomber yes <laughs> they're like do you remember that fire bomber album or that concert t-shirt you could only get at a hole in the wall operated by sketchy bikers oh i totally have that <laughs> <laughs> sketchy bikers uh you mean rex and her gang oh yeah oh yeah yeah okay mm-hmm mm-hmm you remember that one concert where that crazy alien uh, lady screamed Anima Spiritia and Spiritia Paradise and then escaped? <laughs> oh, yeah, the the one with the O face, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, let's get through this episode. Yeah. So, it goes right into episode 17, which is fitting we're talking about Firebomber. Yes. Because Ozma is starting his day. He's at home, he's got his cup of coffee. And his pistol. Um, and- this is a very good cold open, I just want to say mm-hmm. real quick. I I really enjoyed this. Like, beyond the Fire Bomber fan service, of which I now thoroughly consider myself a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, It was just a really nice, like, cold open. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it's really good at setting the mood that, um, while I'm sitting there listening to My Soul For You, um... He glances at the concert tickets, his sister's concert's coming up, and he stands up at the window and sees some sees some families walking around, and he thinks back to the day he brought Ranka home 
10 years ago and she wasn't doing very good then and shortly after bringing her home he made her some pineapple cake to like try and cheer her up recipe he got from a friend and it wasn't great but it was like one of the first things that made her open up to him and accept him as her brother um and after that moment passed he uh, loads his gun and he holsters it and walks out and we go from this really good moment to big Renka energy because the opening this time is just interstellar flight it's very good it's very cute um but it's you know we'll, we'll see why it was this next episode we'll mention it so we go to the sms hangar and alto and my core being punished by kathy for letting cheryl in and they're walking around having to do laps in their ex gear with the power off and alto shows up and they need to talk well uh, after the boys are showering Alta mentions, you know, <laughs> Cheryl's not going to stop for anything, even if she is sick. And Mike takes a look at the pill he uh, swiped off of her that's still hanging in his locker. So, being curious in this, he uh, meets with Clan for a cup of coffee. Though she thinks it's a date. <laughs> yeah. And um, she's like, so can you reintroduce me to that one pharmacology girl you know? And she's like, oh, you just called me to meet with a woman? Huh? Mm. Um, yeah and it's like actually no i i was calling because i'm concerned for a, a friend of mine like mm -hmm, <laughs> it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like this nope but that all stops because clan is gonna do her ar, 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 um when he notices luca going into a black limo um yeah so we go to kathy and osmo in a room on the quarter and somebody with cybernetics has torn apart their systems room. They're both pretty sure that the Galaxy folks and Leon are involved. Ozma's like, are you sure? And she's like, I know him. And he's overly ambitious. Um, and he starts beating himself up about how their relationship went. He's like, no, I'm going to stop myself. Um, and she then jokes about him being thinking about his sister too much and being too dedicated. Um, and before he... <laughs> it goes into you know speaking of her why is Ranka being brought into this anyways we have nukes like why um and they figure that it has something to do with the fleet she's she's from the 117th so yeah so he's about to leave he's like hey do you still know how to make that pineapple cake you know i've been thinking about old times maybe i should make it sometime and ozma leaves and Callie just sits there on her bed, and she's thinking about the times they had together, the very romantic times they had together, as Trigon plays. And um, he is on the road now. And you think he's going to work, but he's doing something a little different. As he's listening to Ronka's news appearances, and it's like, I'm going to protect you. And also, Brera's tailing him right on his butt. Speaking of sneaking around, Alto is sneaking into Ronka's place, while everybody's out. Um, Brera's gone, Ozma's gone, Grace is gone. So they're hanging out. They joke a little bit. Oh, we're not doing anything adult. Of course, I know. You're, you're not like that. Oh, no, totally. Um, so she runs off to make some coffee. And he, and he takes a look around the room and gets a face full of carbuncle. Yep. And afterwards, <laughs> they're having their, their coffee. And, you know, 
she's like, well, I called you here today because I want to know what you think of this whole thing. Um, he's like, well, the crew does like that this makes the fighting less he- heavy. But he in, he goes into his personal thoughts like, well, that's kind of us to the Vaja right now. So she becomes convinced. You know, if it helps people, I'll be glad to sing. So, let's find out why Luca went into a black limo. So, he's been meeting with Leon over this whole suitcase filled with his fold quartz. And we learn that's a magical stone, that's how Leon describes it, that's made internally in the guts of the Vajra. And Luca mentions, oh, I can see why Burler wants this. Because Burler originally got into business as a courier for transportation, and SMS was just formed to protect the shipments. Um, oh, okay. I, I missed that detail, mm-hmm. but good lore. Good lore to know. Um, and Luca suspects that Burler wants the fold quartz so he can pretty much monopolize transportation and, um, and courier services throughout the entire galaxy, which makes what sense. What a philanthropist. <laughs> What's money? <laughs> you know... Osmo was right when he said capitalism in episode one. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> giant alien musk over here. Yep. A little bit. A little bit. And we thought he well, was going to be well, a we, more nuanced What we need to do is we need to build tunnels through folds. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Which is funny because Burler is into trains. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the irony. Um, so, yeah. But Leon's like, hey, that's not that's not what he wants, and that's not what I want. Um, when we see somebody who looks a lot like Grace, let's call him Greg, um, shows up. <laughs> and I was like, nope. And um, Ozma <laughs> rolls up on this uh, uh, facility where the Vajra corpses are being kept, and he cocks his gun. And he manages to break in, but uh, in the sewers, a fight breaks out between him and Brera. And while they're crossing knives, Brera confirms that it's like, yo, Ranka, yeah, she's part of a larger plan. And I'm, the reason we're doing this is to protect her, at least he thinks so. And Ozma gets an eyeful of the harmonic. It's like, you're not her brother, are you? He doesn't say this, but he says it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they both receive sortie orders. So... We learned that. Uh, oh, Nana... I just wanted to say real yes. quick that uh, during this fight, the uh, muzzle flash illuminating the tunnel, uh, very good. Mm. Just very nice stylistic thing. I agree. I, I don't know if it's been like because it's been brought up again recently. Um, mm-hmm. I oddly thought of the sewer fighting in that one mission of Metal Gear Rising <laughs> a little bit. Oh, you know what? I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a cool action scene. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where my thought went to. Um, so, Dylan, how do you feel about unpaid interns? Just, just why? Don't yeah. do that. Fucking pay people who work for you. Well, uh, Grace doesn't want to pay Nana because she's brought in to design Renka's costumes. <laughs> so yeah, we'll pay you an exposure. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll be rank as costume designer. That's all the payment you need, right? Oh, my God. Uh, so, 
Arenka is on the stage alone before they're about to go on. And she's surprised that she's here, that she's come all this way. And she's like, I'm just going to do my best. And Asuma and the crew um, are ready to start fighting. They have nukes all set up. And his plan is to fend the Vajra off without using Ranka. And uh, Ranka is also not here because the British crew also talks about how this operation, like bringing her into this is now a political, it's a political tense point. She's kind of a political tool now. So yeah, and Luke is not quite thinking about this. He's a bit distracted. Um, And Leon and Grace are watching the fight. Um, And (laughs) Grace. Yeah, Grace was also this, this guy named Greg um oh what oh my goodness so shocking oh i could have never guessed oh my god they had the same voice and hair but i wow and i thought i thought grace had a twin i know totally she totally had a twin brother Um, had me convinced and as she's like putting her hair back around and all that which is implied to be like a cybernetics thing um leon comments like you are really scary damn (laughs) um and so we get in the fight proper They've already sent off the nukes. They're not working because, oh boy, the Vajra are evolving. Um, and one of them takes aim at the main bridge, the gun sight of the quarter. But Ozma manages to take the blast um, before getting in a tumble with the Vajra. You think it's like a fatal blast, especially given, you know, we've seen a certain fruit quite a bit throughout this already. So, mmm, Pineapple. Um, pineapple. Hmm. 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 What else? What other uh, pineapple things? I don't um, know. Well, I did have a nice salad earlier today, so maybe. Hmm. I don't know <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah. So, you think he might be gone? He's okay. A little dinged up, but he's fine. Um, and as he's tussling, Barra shoots it with a super gun pod. It's like a super hyper beam rifle, whatever. And it, uh. And he's and he continues to talk about it's like oh they adapt to all our weapons, uh you know they use their hive mind to evolve like this isn't this is gonna be useless eventually too so stop trying to fight them, and uh, he starts doubling down on using Ranka, and Asma's all like you know what screw this I don't care what it is I'm gonna go for my gun pot to my missiles to my bare hands, it's a protector, and he brings out the knife. And try again starts playing. Yes, and yes, um, he just he just fillets that Vajra, and he's like, "I'm nothing if I can't protect my sister and the woman I love." And Michael's like, "That is rock and roll." And Alto's like, "Well, <laughs> he's a little more Enka," <laughs> which is good. Um, and they all take out his knives and get to it, and Pearl's like. Oh, what what is Gabe Gaben doing all here with these knives? Like, come on. Uh, he wanted Half-Life 3. Um, so, Asma goes in hard, and it fades to black. I will say here, um, I, I get why they've done this, and we'll see the rest of the summary. I'd like that they brought up Try Again. You need to use, like, a lot more of Try Again than just the beginning you, yeah, like 
Like, this is a very specific Coop likes Macross 7 thing. No, but... I feel it, though, because, like, if you get to the, the chorus, like, that's that's when the magic happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, the only other legacy song they've used so far is, um, before this episode, is, like, Do You Remember Love? And that's really well done and used. But, mm-hmm. like, this is almost halfways a Firebomb or Tribute episode in a way. So you figure you give a little more love to that. Like there's a, there's five B seven is more of a fire bomber tribute, but before they did that, there was this. So I, I feel like there could have been a little more care to that. Just me, but that's also, I personally think we should have seen some whales. I do too. Because of these... <laughs> no, that would have been too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to stop you right there. Coop. I was okay. joking. Okay. I get you. I get you. But, but, mm-hmm. After the fade yes. out, we do hear an angel's voice because we're at Ranka's concert and um, uh, she's singing Interstellar Flight and Ozma and Kathy are sitting in a box. She's like, oh, my goodness. I thought you almost got pineapple salad. Yeah, thank God. Um, almost. Almost. But he's more focused on his sister's singing. And uh, in another box, Alto and the boys are there. And he's like, you know, this monstrous of hope name. It kind of makes sense. Um, and as she's singing, we're seeing somewhere else in the fleet of Vajra egg hatches. And oh, the top of it looks kind of familiar. Huh. How about that? Huh. Hmm. Weird. What? Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Huh. I wonder what it could mean. Hmm. I'd love to find out. Ha 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 ha. So, but anyway, yep. So this shocking moment is followed by, uh, I think I've seen this before too, Dylan. So the mechanics yes. go up to Ozma's cockpit and they see something pretty shocking. Hmm. What could it be? I don't know. Um, oh, I, I hate being in suspense. I know. While, while Ozma doesn't have a guitar on him, he goes on to reflect about how Ronka has grown and... Uh, Kathy asks him, so you want to come back for like a slice of that pineapple cake? Like I made some because we talked about it. She starts this really cough card um, because she's thinking about the delicious pineapple cake. But he's losing a bunch of blood uh, and she's like what the hell? And starts screaming. I'm also pretty sure that's not a cheap CD sitting No, he's not. Like Stanley Steamer's gonna have to. you knew you were bleeding. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they just bill SMS. Well, this is this is the, the repair bill. You know. It's fine. Capitalism is what made this happen. You know, we're only charging you because he didn't die. So, um, <laughs> man, that's dark. Um, so yeah, he's obviously fine. Everybody's at the hospital. He's just an idiot. Yeah, it's like he's like I won't die. Um, so he's like Basara. I'm glad they didn't play that card twice because mm-hmm. like it would have felt super cheap this time around. Um, not only that, but also like I feel like um, Ozma's character is really only just getting good. <laughs> yeah. So it, it would have really sucked if they killed him before his time. I think. It's especially here too, where a lot of this stuff is beat for beat, not exactly, mm-hmm. but beat for Pete Roy. So. At least with the... I mean, Roy the, didn't have a little sister, so... This is true. I mean, but, yes, Roy had Hikaru, but, like, you know, the entire dynamics of that relationship were different. Yeah, but I, I'm just speaking more to the how they faked out the death and how some moments oh, are, Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that in particular was, like, 
a direct homage. See, yeah. it's like poetry. They rhyme. Yeah. Maybe a little more Plinkett-esque here, though, than, <laughs> than that wonderful Zero episode. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he's okay. He's going to be fine. Um, and Rank is there with him. And he's like, hey, you want a slice of the, of the cake Kathy made? And she's like, I'd rather have your cake. <laughs> Which is a really nice, really nice touch. I really like that. Yeah, um, it was cute. And he's like, okay, I'll make you someone I'm not here. And Grace is arriving, and Cheryl is leaving just as she shows up. And she's like, hey, it's about time we had a long chat. And Grace has herself a chuckle as Cheryl just stares daggers right into her eyes. Just the anime villain levels on this one are off the charts. Yeah, it's like, are you evil? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't... Like, Grace is, like, wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm evil, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I have graced you with my evil. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be wishing for a saving grace. <laughs> Boo. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you... <laughs> I'm not sure if there's anything really to add Same. that we haven't already said during the uh, episode recap. Um, yeah. I I do think um, Ozma's definitely started to come around for me, and it's not just because he listens to Firebomber. <laughs> um, I feel like they're actually doing things with his character other than being the surliest stick in the mud possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, yeah. And they're... Good going. I, I hope we see more of him, and I hope it's good. Because mm. it does seem like he's finally realizing, oh, yeah, she's growing up finally. And then also, like, maybe I don't have to be as surly. Maybe I can actually talk to people <laughs> without being angsty McAngsterson as much. Like, it's possible. It was It was showing a lot of restraint on his part. When he started getting back into the old days and stopped himself, I'm like, good for you, Ozma. Good for you for trying to have a better relationship with your ex. <laughs> right. So We're yeah. doing all right. Well, this last one, uh, I can tell you uh, Cheryl's not doing all right. She is very much not doing all right. So episode 18, we pick up pretty much immediately. Um, she asks Grace why. And Grace is like, what are you talking about? You're being so vague. And Cheryl's only able to give some clarification. It's like, why did you become Ranker's manager? Why did you keep me in bed all the time? Why are you using these songs with the Vajra? Just why in general? Before breaking down, it's like, why her, not me? And Grace is like, you are so pitiful. You know, you're just fake anyways. We fabricated you, you know. Um, and you didn't do all this all your own. You think you're Cheryl Noam and you're great and shit. You ain't shit, man. No. You're just nobody. You're from trash. And... Yeah, slight gatekeep girl boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Grace is fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, she just goes like, you're going to die. Cheryl Noam, you're going to be dead. Um. And no. I don't just mean this figuratively. I mean, you're literally going to die. die. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a little more into that here in a sec. Because um, we get cut in with the new opening, Lion, um, which I dig. And I thought it came earlier, 
in the run and i also thought to myself this seems like it's a good song and stuff and I like the visuals but it feels like it's coming a little late because we only got maybe six seven episodes left you know mm-hmm. so that, that's lion but speaking of leon we're back in his office and luca's outlining a plan that should work despite their weapons being uh, ineffective he wants to protect nana obviously oh, he doesn't uh, say it sorry go ahead oh, go ahead. oh no i was just gonna say uh on the subject of the new opening the the ranka opening last episode was pretty cute mm-hmm. um it was just a fun little thing um i like this new opening uh even if it's for a third of the show <laughs> yeah yeah but i guess um eh, maybe i'll talk a little bit about uh should I, should I do it? I'll just do it now, actually. Okay. Uh, I should have said it at, uh, earlier. Um, it does feel to me that it's like, all right, we got everything set up. Even if it was kind of messy, now we can just gun it for the end. Mm-hmm. Um, is what the impression that I'm getting from the uh, these this trio of episodes. So it almost feels like the, the new opening or the, the change in opening and ending kind of reflect that. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling that too, to be honest with you. Because it just was like, oh, we got all this mess out of the way. Now let's do the end. And <laughs> Macross Frontier begins now. After 18 episodes. Uh, well, Macross oh. 7 did that. So, you know, there's presence. Yeah, no, Macross <laughs> 7 totally did that. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to say it like, oh, Macross Frontier is the inferior Macross. Because, no, I don't believe that. No, uh-uh. um, like, I just happen to vibe with Macross 7 a lot, but, like, yeah, it, that show was also guilty of this. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, for me, it was it's less that, and it's more, like, we, we might have to compromise some of the character's integrity to get to where we need to be so we can be there in time for, like, what we need the last, like, you know, the last act of this show to be, so. Yeah. Um, Which... Yeah, uh... Which, is messy and it makes me looking forward to because the first movie is a compilation movie right both of them are with new bits that kind of smooth things oh they out. both are okay yeah. okay um yeah i'll i'll be interested to see how the compilation films um smooth this out i remember preferring them to the tv series upon watch so i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that as well um maybe yeah maybe they'll be like the g reco films um yeah I don't know. I haven't seen the G Reco films or G Reco either, so I'm just talking out my ass right now. We'll see. So, the the cute little widow boy um, has this plan. It's, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's called Operation Cinderella's Horn, which I thought was funny because the font, like the the paper document, is like so elaborate. It's like. That did that did that genius kid also go to graphic design school? It's graphic design his passion. <laughs> it's like, it goes hard. It goes hard. I'll have to look and see what that says and freeze frame it because I'm curious to see what um, user manual stuff they threw in there. Um, so back in the confrontation, Cheryl brushes off the whole death threat from Cheryl and from Grace. It's like I'm gonna go on without you, and Grace walks up, grabs her, and it's like, you were actually never cured of your disease. You're going to literally die, and it just hits Cheryl like a ton of bricks. 
Um, so back on the deck of the frontier, the battle frontier, uh, the pans are per approved for the early fold, and the president's like, or this might have been in a car. It's one of the places. It's one place with government people, and the president puts his focus back on the frontier's actual mission finding new planets and colonizing because that's what they're meant to do and leon's like oh yeah right that's what we're supposed to do not have like crazy conspiracies huh um so yeah so in this whole mess um in the excuse me in the mess hall of the quarter kathy and the girls talk about how (laughs) resources are going to be scrapped here pretty soon and very scarce as they're about to make this fold happen. Like, everybody's giving food rations. There's no trading. It's it's going to be rough. And Bobby is shaking a drink up at the bar. And he's like, I have to stop right now. Because I'm just realizing there's going to be a huge pre-fold bargain <laughs> sale. It's time to shop up. Bobby is the best. Yes. He's so good. Um, uh Bobby's got the right idea. So, also, Coop, I hate to say this, but like as I'm looking through these notes, I read uh, the previous note as everything will be ratioed. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if like <laughs> the fucking Zentradi uh, trio from the original show? Um, Ore wa something I, I don't the remember. Blue wind guys. Names. Yeah. One of them's name is Lolly, so yep. mm-hmm. you know. Uh if they were just like were in Twitter era day culture. <laughs> 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 and they had to learn memes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be okay, that'd really? be that'd be even more damaging. The beam may attack. like they go back to the base and they're like getting debriefed and like uh brie ties like so what did you learn ratio plus your jordans are fake (laughs) here's a tiktok (laughs) (laughs) one of them's just doing the floss on the table (laughs) and exit all's like well the scrolls talked about the predecessor to this vine Yeah, like, I was about to say they're referencing old memes. Like, one of them just goes, Creeper, oh, man. We have found this feline-type creature who likes this instrument called a keyboard. Oh, our <laughs> listeners hate us for this. <laughs> yep, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but, uh, so. Yes. Uh, the sales Wait, are... wait, I'm sorry, last thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> last thing. What if, what if, uh, instead of Minfei, it was Zande who <laughs> led the charge? Do you remember Chocolate Rain? No, you know what? It's, it's just, it's just that, uh, what, what, was it Weezer? Who, who sang oh, Pork and Beans? That's Weezer, that's Weezer. Yeah, it's just the Pork and Beans music video. Yes! Okay. Okay, moving on. Yep. I've I've tapped this well. 
Uh, so, uh, Oz, uh, <laughs> so Alto is finding himself in the Geo Cities and uh, walks by a salesman trying to sell him a dress and is referring to him as Miss. And he's like, Look at my Adam's apple, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so he's actually meeting with Ozma at the hospital. Um, and he's like, I get all the perishable food stuff, but why clothes? Like, come on. And Ozma then proceeds to fill him in with some classified information. Uh, very mostly concerned that the energy that's going to be expended from the fold engines and this big fold coming up is going to attract a lot of Vajra. And he's more concerned that they're planning on using Ronko to just push him away. And Asma's like, please, protector. And Alto leaves, and he mentions how um, Ranka has been having less and less traumatic flashbacks. And maybe her memory is recovering. Before Canary is like, maybe a big enough moment might make her memory fully come back. Um so as he's walking around, uh, Alto thinks of Ozma's words of when he first joined SMS before running into a Ronka poster. And uh, this is something I noticed a little bit like Alto, Alto's um, a little more, been very more aggressive in these episodes. But I've noticed like they're drawing his eyes a bit more harshly and I'm like, hey, you're wearing eyeliner and mascara on about uh, Alto. Awesome. Good for you. Um, that was my thought there for a second. <laughs> um, so he hears some girls talking about Cheryl in front of a record store and how she's disappeared from the spotlight. Um, her albums are actually on clearance, so that's great. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Cheryl is riding around town in the back of a taxi with interstellar flight blasting. This is a lot for her. Um, yeah. So, Clan, uh, outside the steps of the school, gets with Mike. And it's like, this drug you gave me, it's actually a receptor blocker. It halts whatever disease whoever's taking it has, but it doesn't stop it. And the side effects of it are like cold-like symptoms, like nausea, coughing, sweats. And Mike's like, oh, I've been seeing this from Cheryl ever since I met her. And clan's like okay so this is a type v infection that weird space cougar uh had that and it's transferred through blood and bodily fluids um and uh, oh sorry my weird space cougar you meant the uh the chimera yes i thought you were talking about grace oh no not that not that space cougar <laughs> no i i know because like i i I remember what happened in the episode, but, like, I hear Space Cougar, and my brain, because we're such meme shitlords, is that I thought you were talking about, like, a figurative cougar, <laughs> not a literal one. So, Haman Karn, right? Oh my god! <laughs> Fuck. I feel, I think Haman's only, uh, like, 20... <laughs> Ah, uh, which is the, the funny thing that she's like kind of remembered as like hot space mommy. <laughs> One sec, I actually gotta look up how old Havan is. Continue, continue okay. with the summary. Okay. So, um, Mike 
reveals that it's Cheryl who has this infection and is taking the meds. When he's like, it's odd that Cheryl has it. And Clan is like, oh, you're talking about Cheryl. Well, she does have a great figure. You know, but mine's pretty good when I'm all big and stuff, so... Not the time and place. Yep, mm-hmm. So, she ends up finding a Geo... They're in the library now, by the way. And they find a GeoCity site um, about the infection, the type V infection, that's authored by Dr. Malnome, Ranka's mother, and Grace? Huh. And this is from that one seven, uh, 117th Fleet? Huh. Like, they're surprised that the well-known, famous Dr. Mount Gnome is here. But Grace, and she looks the same? And they go through the, st- they go through the stuff even more, and they found out that Cheryl was the main girl they did most of their research on. And speaking of her, she comes barreling into the library, pushing over shelves. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And we go to the battle frontier. They're setting up a um, a Min May do, do you remember love like stage for Ranka to use? And uh, from his bed, we see Ozma, and he's looking at a photo of a young Ranka and her folks, thinking, "Oh yeah, that, I thought this before, but that kid in the photo next to her—that's probably Brera. That's probably Brera." And uh, yeah, so they're back in the stairwell at the school. And Cheryl's like, Mike, do not tell anybody about my illness. You know what? I'm going to be fine. I'm Cheryl Gnome. I am Cheryl Gnome. And she heads out. And Clan is worried. It's like, hey, I get how she feels. Um, she says something to the fact, well, I'm a woman, so I get it. And Mike's like, you know, she can't tell Alto specifically about this. Because she loves him. And it'd break her heart. Um, but he insists that there's something that he can still do. So he calls Alto, who runs after Cheryl. And she's wandering in the rain, haunted by what Grace said. And Alto also is looking around for her as a news report plays, introducing Aranka and her role to the fleet, and also invoking Minnay's name. And this is all on all the TVs all around town. And... Do you remember Love starts playing and Cheryl watches the press conference on in the rain, broken by everything she's hearing. And she falls to her knees and she finds one of her posters tattered, covered in the muck. Um, and she's 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 not doing good. And she then thinks Alto has found her. But we that's just what she sees for a second. It's actually Alto's brother. And he runs into them as they're about to hop a taxi. And he's like, hey, if you come to the mansion, come to the mansion if you're so concerned. I got this taken care of. Thanks, dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, come on now. Like, way to use uh, somebody being in a rough space that means important. To, that's important to your brother. As uh, Also, does Cheryl not get a say in this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because she's unconscious, so... This is abduction! Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> ah, It's not great. It's, it's re- not great. Like, on the one hand, yeah, good. Thanks for looking out for her. Also, yeah, put it, bringing her back to the hospital. Probably not a great idea. But also... <laughs> yeah. Also... <laughs> it's 
like, hey, brother, come talk to me. I'm going to hold on to your girlfriend till you come talk to me. Um, uh, this is this is not how people do. <laughs> no. No. So Alto is obviously uh, pretty pissed about this, but he gets a phone call. It's like, really? God damn it. But this bit, <laughs> this Nick Speck's kind of funny because uh, all the girls and Bobby are fighting over the deals when they all get calls and Kathy comes up with like 50 bags being like, hey, we got a call. We got to go. Um, and it seems like the Vajrev attacks sooner than expected. And they're and the stage isn't f- fully prepared and ready to go. And they're tearing the UN new UN forces apart. Those 171s are like, cheese. They're... And Kathy advises the, the boys and their 25s to do what they can. And Luca is pretty thrown off by everything not going to plan here. And the f- captain of the frontier wants things to fold, but the president's like, the Vajra will be right behind us. Like, it's kind of pointless. And um, as the fighting goes on, Alto is almost taken out, but Brera covers him as he's escorting Renka on Canaria's monster. And the fighting seems to stop um, as Renka starts singing. Um, and the president's taken aback that this actually this worked. And Leon's like, so, um, this actually folds, it works well with what we were planning. Do the fold now. So they prepare for emergency fold. And um, Barra is protecting her just all over from her six, from all directions of the clock and also is trying to be as well remembering Ozma's request to protect her and Bobby ends up firing off the Macross cannon and the Battle Frontier does as well which I like I noticed this the the design for the Battle Frontier is pretty much the same with a few changes as the Battle 7 because I'm like oh that cannon looks the same I am I am happy I am happy um, so obviously the Vajra get totally wiped out the, by the blast, but Ranka feels the pain like in a bright pink flash. Um, it's not Danganronpa, um, but it's, oh boy, but the fleet is able to fold successfully and everybody's in fold space. We see that after image thing. It's just from the folding. Um, it's obviously rough on Alto as he flies back onto the deck of the quarter and Ranka as they're folding sinks their IMO as something starts stirring in the engines and that's those episodes um this has nothing to do with the summary we just had but I just had a random thought you know how like the frontier has a policy of bringing alien species on board Mm mm-hmm what is Ronka's phone? You know? Yeah. <laughs> now you mention it. It's very squishy. It could be... It, it kind it, of bothers me. It could be another violation of anti-Guvava laws. Who knows? <laughs> like, I, like it, it kind of hit me as I saw um, I. Because uh, mm. I was like... Yeah, I mean, okay, so, like, that's one thing, but, like, this isn't even unprecedented with Ronka. <laughs> no. Okay, but, uh, you know, putting that to the side really quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
can't believe they whitewashed now. <laughs> I've got the picture of her pulled up in front of me, and I'm like, yeah, that's... She definitely lost some melanin. <laughs> uh, whatever, I'm not too pressed about it. But also, like, I see you. I see you guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um man cheryl's getting it rough yeah like i I know we've already kind of uh, talked about that but man i forgot how hard it hits Mm -hmm. like her like just fucking choking in the streets as like no one cares she's looking at her own dilapidated poster like god Mm -hmm. um yeah i feel like it, it's very easy to make that seem melodramatic, but I feel like they pulled it off, like, pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, um... No, I agree Great job, you. everyone. Yeah. That's that's what I was looking for, and I, I... Boy, do you really feel for Cheryl. And also, it's like, oh, you guys on with the with that biting commentary of the idol business. Uh, I see yeah. what you're doing as well here. Oh, it's rough, yeah. So... And also, there's, like, a degree of everybody's like, oh, now they're doing this to Ronka. And she's she's not really aware of it. Right. Um, oof. Oof. Um, we will consume the latest star until there is nothing left but a husk and then discard it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because after watching these episodes, I kind of had a i guess the unfocused picture is the best way to go here because it's a lot like you said it feels like they had to get a lot of busy work out of the way uh Mm -hmm. in any way they could to really set up this final arc i'm like yeah it it kind of turns into a little bit of things just happening for me at least with exception no i i I see where you're coming from so I like um, Cheryl's stuff, but I think that's mostly because, because I think uh, at least like the, the the brights that come up in my eyes, w- when I see it is anything with Bobby and anything with Cheryl. So I don't know. That's at least with these episodes. So we'll we'll see because we're getting we're close we're inching closer to the end game here, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I I definitely get where you're coming from. I feel like I really do want to see those compilation movies because there's so much good here. Um, It's just, it's rough. Um, And part of that is probably due to it feels like a show that is very much written episode to episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And, like, unlike something like Macross 7, which, like, was consciously, uh, not necessarily Monster of the Week, but, like, you know, formulaic, mm-hmm. um, it feels and, like, oh, yeah, sorry, go and, ahead. like, going on to that, like, with Macross 7, they had, like, 50 episodes to feel that out. They this also is, had 50 episodes, yeah. This is, like, they don't really have much time to, f- uh, feel anything out. And also considering that this was like a 25th anniversary project, I bet you there were also like time stipulations and other things on top of it. Yeah. Do you do you think like the show was planned for more episodes, but then like, all right, we got 26. Let's 
Let's do what we can. I don't know. Um, Because I don't know if the movies were a consideration as they were making it, or... Mm -hmm. I don't know. That would be a good question um, to ask uh, Gwen or Adrian, because they probably know how... Oh, yeah, they would probably have um, at least some memory of that, like, you know, the, the... pre-release buzz yeah and whatever creatives have said in the show since because it does Mm -hmm. it does feel like because generally i hear less about the tv show and more about the movies so that might Mm. be uh might be a sign with how that does make sense honestly yeah because um there's a lot of good in this show and like you know um in past conversations that i had I, I wouldn't necessarily say I kind of defended the show, but, like, I, I definitely said, I remember enjoying Frontier. I didn't think it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't, and I'm still enjoying it, but I definitely see more of the um, the cracks, as it were, you know? I, I I couldn't help but think of Zero, because it's it feels like it has some similar issues. Like, not to the same degree. But yeah, no, I see of... what you're saying, though. There's a lot of like like we've been talking this whole time a lot of great little moments, uh, just in a sea of inconsistency. So yeah, that's like I'm not saying this is a bad show. I'm just it's just to make that crystal clear. It's just it's mm-hmm. inconsistent. Like there's I don't know. It's again it's like that soup we were talking about. Like it's it's a rich broth, but you kind of gotta fish around a bit for the <laughs> yeah for the meat. Um, yeah, and I guess, uh, let me think, because I, I want to end this on a, on a high note. Um, also, I'm sorry, you might hear rain hitting my window now. Um, it's but... fitting, it's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> it is, actually. Um, yeah, I guess, uh. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I should just hold off until like we're actually through the whole show. But like, there's it. Like you said, there's a lot of good here, um, you know, which is more than I can say for some shows I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Gotta> see, <laughs> um, he was 15. He played the piano, and Kira killed him. To be to be fair, I was 12, or no, I was I was probably like closer to 10 or 11 when I first saw Gundam Seed um did you play the piano i did actually uh i think i i moved from the piano to the violin when i was 10 but uh i did play the piano you need to stay away from pineapple from now on please (laughs) you got too many death flags (laughs) oh pineapple doesn't count in uh gundam universe oh Mm. maybe Maybe it doesn't (laughs) i don't know pineapple and gundam anything could be a anything could be a death flag anything's a flag in tomino verse yep mm-hmm. okay but um yeah i guess all right uh to to put a little punctuation piece on uh this conversation um yeah i guess um just to kind of go through it i think you know the original macross was kind of the setter but like you know you have Macross 2, which I won't really talk about because I do kind of want to give it a reevaluation. Uh, we have Macross uh, Plus, which uh, we talked about recently. Very fucking good. And it's kind of this wonderful, like, meditation on nostalgia and um, 
trying to pick up the pieces where you left off and um that's where its heart kind of lies and then you have um macross uh seven which is about uh passion and just like you know seizing the day gather you rosebuds while you may like what have you um macross zero is about anthropology and um <laughs> yep it is whoa for for better and for worse like we've already talked about that mm-hmm. um but you know it i it is talking about like culture in like its most um base not base uh i guess in its purest in the purest sense mm-hmm. um and then you have uh frontier which is about the idol industry but also i <sighs> watching frontier again makes me really looking forward to watching delta because i feel like delta might have more to say about the idol industry Mm -hmm. um and i only say that because i feel like frontier has to deal with the idol industry like in relation to so many other things you know yeah because i Um, i feel too that there's there's moments that the writing is that the writers took a long drag from their cigarette and mm-hmm. said, Oh, this fucking idol industry and also talent industry in Japan. Cause this whole, sh- this whole Cheryl, um, what they're doing with Cheryl feels like somebody like, uh, these, these people like, cause just thinking of like, again, Ott's stories of talent about just how mm-hmm. sne- a sleazy, and destructive it's been to the people who worked in that industry it feels like a very pointed critique at that but the... just think what if mylene was part of the jamming birds birds instead of fire bomber mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe i get from this show yeah a little um, bit where it's and she it's kind of know... like this processed um processed music like she has actual talent but she's involved in a very processed um creation of that talent like and, it and, <laughs> and, and yeah because it becomes uncomfortable when you notice that that happens to ronka when grace yeah. gives her the new version of hypo that totally doesn't fit yeah um so like yeah like i said there, there's interesting stuff but i think i don't know if i want to say this but it almost feels like the idol commentary doesn't feel quite as compatible with the uh the vajra as a threat mm-hmm. when you compare it to say fire bomber and the proto devlin or um really just like you know macross got it hole in one uh with uh mm. you know with the zentradi and um minmei you know or even like sure sharon apple like versus um god why am i drawing a blank on her name help me coop uh Oh, the, Myung and Cheryl Apple? Young, thank you. Um, Young versus Sharon Apple of, like, this kind of isolated, but still, like, you know, how she's living vicariously through this um, this AI um, mm-hmm. is its own interesting conflict. And, you know, the way that, like, people are trying to capitalize on that AI technology, it all feels very cohesive in a way that, like, the Vajra and the... Um, the whole idol industry angle hasn't really and it only mm-hmm. really now feels like it's starting to come together because uh grace is being more proactive about um using ranka ranka rather uh for her own ends when she never really was with cheryl cheryl mm-hmm. was 
really just kind of there. Like, Grace and Cheryl, um, and I feel like we're going to get it more into why, because they're teasing at Cheryl's, like, past here. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just... I, I, f I feel like I'm still in the dark, or maybe not even in the dark. I just... I don't know what forms Frontier as a whole um, mm. when put next to its predecessors. Because, I guess, because I've said this, like, a couple episodes, or I have this feeling, it still feels early in the series, and yet we're close to the ending. You know what I'm saying? Like, the pacing... I don't even know if I agree like with that, that though. Because I, I feel like... Maybe. It, it feels like we're getting closer to the end. It's just that, like... um, Actually, you know what? This reminds me of a... a of a conversation I was having with my friend Michael when I showed him Fooly Cooly um, for the first time and he'd never seen it. Um, like, he was very confused and very put off by everything that was happening and, like, he was kind of writing the show off as, uh, like, el like random humor. Why, like, everything's so random and spontaneous and, like, nothing is really cohesive happening. And it's like, I was trying to explain to him that, like, by the end of the episode you at least have a rough idea on what everything that's happened so far has been about and it puts yeah. everything kind of into place My and you walk away with a much stronger impression of it especially if you ever go back to it um and the the reason why I'm, I'm saving any judgment for frontier until we've finished it again is because um i i think it's going to be the same way here where it's like once I know the full backstory of everything that's going on, um, that will kind of determine um, how I feel about the show. Mm. Um, but as as it stands, like, yeah, I, I think we are gearing up for the ending. It's just that, like, my understanding of what's going on is still kind of, like... It's like I get what's happening, but it's not... Um, I, I'm not at a level of savviness where, like, I'm... I see feel like i'm actively engaged i get you because it's not I'm just, yeah i'm just kind of waiting to be told what you know it's not as not super clear and direct as in comparison yeah. to uh, yeah i get you and i think to uh to debate to debate the straw man of my friend michael that i am setting up uh in this podcast um i i would say that the thing that separates fully coolly for me from um from macross frontiers that i feel like the characters are more consistent <laughs> yeah um and it's like definitely. even even when everything feels random and like nothing makes sense it's like okay but like these characters still feel this way about these other characters and events that happen in the show that change that are shown oh and like like these character motivations and changes are like informed and shown to the audience even if the audience doesn't immediately get it so you mentioned that with the characters being consistent. You know what I just thought by just based off what we what we've seen. Uh -huh. um, remember when we were talking about Russell and you were talking about to approaching Tamina shows with like a workplace who, uh, drama. No, 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 no. With not okay. knowing who's lying. Yeah, yeah. I I just like oh I get so many vibes with of that from this cast and. Mm. And it kind of goes into what I was talking when we on our last episode about the the political end of it feeling very Tamino esque. That I'm like, I I I can't help but feel a little like somebody like uh, 
there's a little Gundam in my Macross sauce, which isn't the problem, but... So, the the only counter I would have to that is that, like, in a Tomino show, the political stuff would be happening, and I'm not gonna say it's, like, in the background or anything, mm-hmm. but, like, I think Tomino places so much more emphasis on, like, a young adult, uh, young adult's perspective of the chaos around mm-hmm. them, um... Whereas, like, here, the, the whole political backgrounds and shady back dealings are, like, front and center. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get Alto's perspective on a lot of it. No, no. Um, or Cheryl's or Ronka's, really. They're all no. just kind of along for kind the ride there. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a very... It's a very weird place to be in, I think. Yeah, um, and. I- like you said, mm. I think we're going to have a better picture once we finish it again. Because yeah. now I'm like, oh, we're just kind of spinning our wheels on what the... Honestly, how... if I could compare it to anything, I'm going to compare it to Double O. Mm. I can um, see it. Yeah, granted, it, like, it's been like 10 years since I saw Gundam Double O. <laughs> but uh, just uh, that's that's my base impression of like... You know, you have the main cast and you have all this stuff that's happening around them. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 okay, I, I feel like I got everything I needed to say out there. Um, I feel happier ending the episode here than if I was just like, yeah, I don't know about this. Because, um, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I do like the show and I, I do want to love it by the end of its runtime um so yeah i am there with you um but as we wind down for this evening let's plug it up um so as always you can find us at anchor.fm slash do do you remember um they kindly push us out to all of your podcasting platforms so uh, podcasters of choice whether it be spotify google play apple podcasts feel free to check us out on any of those and also if they have a reviews feature feel free to tell us what you think maybe give us some stars we love hearing from you and speaking of hearing for, from you you can always send us an email dyrmcast at gmail.com or yell at us on twitter at dude you remember as always thanks to mr chris eakins artist game developer of the game risk system for buying the show's key art see more of his work check out risk system underscore game on twitter and that is now all on everything please go check it out and then dylan what are you up to take take me backstage all right so um i am also involved in a couple other podcasts like uh Coop was saying at the beginning of this episode um you can find me on uh backstage gaming where it is a podcast where me and our co-star uh co-star co-host chris uh friend of the show um we talk about video games we talk about video game storytelling we talk about video game presentation um we use the our information or our background as uh uh fine arts majors to kind of inform our conversations about video games and if you like the fine arts or if you like video games you should check us out at backstage gaming um, our website is www.bsgpod.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at bsg underscore cast, and on Facebook. Uh, also, the podcast itself is on, like, you know, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, all of that stuff. 
Um, I am also in the Unexplored Places, which is an actual play podcast. Um, I am most prominently featured on uh, season two of the show, Tango Sector, which is a um, kind of, I don't want to say space western, because it's not a space western. It's more like a, um, we're, we're space smugglers. We, we play a, a crew of space smugglers um, in near duels, kind of being radical and doing radical things um <laughs> and if you like actual play podcasts like say critical role um or uh many of the stuff that friends at the table puts out uh you i i would love it if you checked us out um you can find them at unexploredcast.libsyn.com fantastic man dylan if you're gonna do some r- radical kick flips on the internet site where people share their thoughts in less than a 100 and something characters where can they find you uh if you want to hit me up on twitter where i'm most active um my handle is at the dilla that is t-h-a underscore d-i-l-a fantastic and if you want to find more overly complicated explanations for websites that could be just simulated in just one word simulated you can tell i'm tired uh you can find me at writer strike on twitter <laughs> So, everybody, uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye.